New Guys Podcast, Season 2, Episode 15. Um, you guys know the drill. Our handles are in the description, presented by Ride the Wave Media. And guys, I am absolutely freaking cold today. Um, snowed pretty hard over where I am. Snowed even harder where Jordan is, Pat. Didn't even tell us what the deal was by him. Um, how are we Classified. feeling, I guess? Classified. <laughs> feeling good. Feeling good. Good. I've been wanting to talk some sports all day. Would feel better. Would have felt better with the Pats win, but yeah, we'll get into that way later. You don't got to worry about that right now. So, um, it's a Thursday night. Uh, I think the Chiefs and the not the Chiefs, the Raiders and the Chargers are going to kick off in a little bit. But hey, let's before we go into the future, let's let's reverse a little bit. Let's talk Week 14. Um, I feel like we we had a lot of exciting stuff going on in Week 14. Um. Between just storylines and playoff implications, uh, let's start. Uh, I think this is one of the biggest blows. The Saints taking a twenty-four to twenty-one loss to the Philadelphia Eagles, who are I think four eight and one right now. Um, one of the bottom feeders of the NFC East, if that's even a thing, a bottom feeder in that freaking division. Definitely Everyone's a bottom, bottom feeder in the league. <laughs> um, definitely something I wanted to pick up on. Obviously, Jalen Jalen Hurts came in. He absolutely balled out. Uh, 167 yards in the air, 106 on the grounds. Uh, I think he had three total touchdowns or something like that in the game. Um, but I don't want to talk about the Eagles right now since I think we can technically eliminate them from the playoffs. I don't think they're good enough to win the NFL. I mean, I don't know what the rest of their schedule looks like. I know they have I know they have Arizona next week, and I know Arizona I think is playing for a little bit more yeah. right now in the playoffs because I think one loss and they're, they're back on the outside looking in again. So I think this does more of a blow to the Saints because we we all know there's only one bye in the playoffs this year, and I think this just this loss just knocked the Saints out because the Packers own the tiebreaker over them. They're tied in records, I believe. So uh, New Orleans yeah. drops the two, Green Bay takes the one. What I want to ask you guys is does does the Taysom Hill experiment need to end? Jordan, go ahead. Oh, you oh. want me to go? Right, I'll take it. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, I, so me and Anthony, me and Anthony talked about this like I think it was maybe two weeks ago, about whether um, it was after like a big win that Taysom Hill. I don't remember what game it was, but um, Anthony was on that on the side of you know it kind of needs to end. Like I don't know how he feels now, but Breeze needs to come back, and then like you rode the wave, and you need to like get off it before it crashes. And it looks maybe this is where it does crash. Um, I, w- I think I kind of flipped positions. I-, I first thought when Hill was on that run, I was like, you know what? He's the future here. Breeze wasn't that good before Hill came in. It wasn't like Breeze of, you know, a couple of years ago. He was struggling, as a lot of older guys do. Um, and maybe this is a season where, you know, it's not like Hill was playing bad. He was beating good teams and playing well. But, I mean, a loss against the Eagles this late in the season, um, it may be time to just be like, you know what? We you know, this was kind of a loss you were expecting to happen during during Hill's run. You weren't expecting him to really go undefeated. You knew there was going to be a loss in there, probably. Um, you kind of expected it earlier, but it didn't happen. But even looking at his stats, I don't think Hill, I mean, he, he amassed 300 scrimmage yards, two touchdowns, and he did throw a pick. I mean, it's not like he played. He wasn't the reason they lost, really. It was their defense. I mean, you have a rookie quarterback in his first start, you know, and he dices you up for like 200 plus and uh, a couple touchdowns. So it's like, I mean... I think that's that's really the big thing. So I wouldn't look at this game and be like, this is the reason why Hill needs to um, be bumped out. But if you're talking about who gives you the best chance to win in the playoffs, I think you still have to go with the veteran breeze in this situation. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that I think there's there it's a it was a good run by Hill because it shows that the Saints don't need to look for 
a QB in the draft. They don't need to look for one in free agency. This is their guy, whether it be next year or in a couple of years, to take over for Breeze when he calls it quits. So um, I would say he'll need to take a back seat now for Breeze. But I will say this. If Breeze, for these last couple of games, doesn't play well, I'm going Taysom Hill in the playoffs because at that point it's a hot hand situation. And, you know, if you, if, if they do claim a buy, I think you run with breeze. Cause that means he played well in the end of the season, but if they drop down to the two, two seed, um, there, there should be talk about whether Hill gets the start in the playoffs. At the very least, there should be a short lease on short leash on breeze. Yeah. I think the tough thing with this, um, this game here, I feel like it says a lot more about, um, the Eagles and it does the Saints. Like you said, Jordan, we all expected the Saints to drop a game. Um, I think a lot of people were expecting it definitely a definite loss next week against the Chiefs. Um, that's gonna be a tough one for them for sure. But I think this game was more about like the Eagles rallying around a rookie quarterback. You see that a lot. Um, a new quarterback goes in the game backup quarterback, and teams kind of tend to rally around that just because it's you know, it's kind of a new energy to the team. Um, Eagles are a team that's gone through a lot this year, a lot of bad things. Um really a lot of bad media attention. There really hasn't been anything good happening in Philadelphia. Um, so this is kind of just a good win for them to kind of get their confidence back. I think you got to go with Hertz as your guy there. But to stick with the topic of the Saints, I feel like you almost have to go back to Breeze as soon as he's healthy. Um, he may be old. He's not as good as he once was, obviously. But this is still his team. Uh, I think you owe him that respect, whether or not Hill's playing better or Breeze is going to play better. Um, if it gets to the point where Breeze is losing you games, then by all means, put in Taysom Hill. But that being said, I don't think that Drew Breeze is going to come back and be um, that poor in terms of his performance, you know, in order to, to kind of warrant like a benching like that. So I'd say, you know, the Saints don't have too much to worry about. This is kind of just like a fluky game. I think, you know, they lost to a team that was kind of energized by um, – kind of like a new a new life brought to their offense uh their defense is still among the best in the league uh their offense just you know didn't have an amazing week and once breeze gets back hopefully you know maybe they can steal this game from the chiefs if not they got to move on look to the playoffs because if they're not getting that one seed they just got to focus on getting the highest seed they possibly can and look to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs because that's um that'll be their strength that's going to be what they need if they're going to have a quarterback change for the Saints to get that number one seed, it's going to be extremely tough, knowing this was a game that they couldn't lose. Like, yes, the Saints were bound for a bad game, but it couldn't. It would. It definitely could not be this past week. Knowing you have Kansas City following up, and the Rams are right in your coattail at the number three spot, and they play the freaking Jets this week, and then you're both tied at a ten and four record. Like that's this isn't looking good for the Saints right now. They could drop to that three spot. Um, in the playoffs. And for me personally, just looking at this game, I don't think the Eagles defense has been terrible. They brought down Taysom Hill five times and he's a guy that is known for running around. And if Breeze was in, maybe they get to him more times. I don't know, maybe because Breeze feels a little more comfortable in the pocket and stepping up and getting it down, uh, getting the ball down the field. But I think it's their defense is there in terms of their front seven, getting pressure on the quarterback. I think the problem in Philly was Carson Wentz. That guy could not get anything going. He could not bring any life to that team. And that's just the way it works sometimes. I mean, I guess things weren't clicking, uh, him and Doug Peterson. But I was just looking at this game. We have, we're looking at the rest of the NFC East, and you could think they could be the laughing stock of the league to being really freaking good next year because you look at 
You look at Washington, they're one quarterback away from being a, I wouldn't say a contender, but a playoff team. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say a Super Bowl contender, but they could be a threat in the NFC yeah, with that. Sure. With Chase Young leading that defense. Um, Dak Prescott coming back next year. We, I think the Cowboys can be good. I mean, Graham was completely wrong about that this year, but oh, you never know. You still have a whole offseason to get better and improve. I mean, the Giants, I feel like the Giants could be the worst team in the NFC East next year um, just because I don't trust Daniel Jones at all. Like, I his, kinda- I kind of like what they have going for them on on defense, though. I feel like they're yeah, it's pretty. But you can't they need to get an offensive line, right? You can win football games if Daniel Jones is fumbling. What I think, like five times he fumbled. No, I'm three sure times. he's led the league in turnover. Oh, he's no, he's like top four in turnovers since last year. You can't, so, yeah, you can't, can't fumble the ball three times and get sacked six times, right? And win a football game mm-hmm. that doesn't work. But yeah, don't yeah. don't sleep on the NFC East next year. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts plays this way, and you're you're right. Like, if you really look at it, like like we were just saying, like I mean, even Giants getting Barkley back, you yeah, presume they're going to add a, probably another offensive piece. And if they don't make the playoffs, they'll get a lottery pick. So I mean, and they'll be and they're one of the worst teams in the NFC uh, overall because the NFC East is so bad. Even though they're in the playoff hunt, I mean, if they if they you know lose out, they're going to get a top ten pick. So right. you know, you add another piece, maybe. I don't know if I don't know who in terms of offense is available or who's going to go where, but um, I mean if they if they can add another piece on defense or offense to the draft and then do the same in free agency, I mean and then you got a healthy Dak like you said. The one I wanted to focus on was that you know the Eagles now you run with Hurts for the rest of the season. I think that's like pretty much guarantee. I don't think they're going to switch back to Wentz unless an injury happens. But I think next season's a big question mark. I personally think they just go back with Wentz and that's the route they have to go. It's not that they want to do that, but they're forced to because that contract they're paying him upwards of $40 million, uh, next year, which when it kicks in, I don't think you can have that backing up a team. And you're not going to be able to move him. Um, I think there's a situation in like two years where they can cut him and like save a little bit of money and not it won't be too detrimental to them. But for now, I think there's no other way for you, them to maneuver around this. You can't sit Wentz and pay him $40 million to be the backup. Even if, even no matter what Hurts does in this final stretch, I really don't think you can sit once. Because he's shown before, even in the season after he got injured, or even last season, I should say, he didn't play that bad. He threw under 10 picks. I think he threw 25-ish touchdowns. It wasn't that bad. He, he made some good throws, too. I was watching some highlights the other day, and I, I, I don't think it's a Wentz problem. I think it's a Wentz in Philadelphia problem. Yeah, I can, I can see that. And that's why I... I Jokingly, we were talking about when I was about to write an article about, well, maybe he wants to the Patriots. I wasn't aware of how big his contract was. But if this right. guy was getting paid 15, 20 million, you're talking about a replacement for Newton. I mean, he's a young guy who oh, was an yeah. MVP candidate early on in his career. And that wouldn't be a bad move, especially if Hertz falls out. Of yeah. course, now it's like, are you going to pay 35 million to him and not to Brady? And that, that brings yeah. up some question marks. But right. I mean, I think he can be talented somewhere else. It's just a matter of whether they can move him or not. And if they can't, I don't think they have a, they have a choice. Yeah. I mean, I'll agree. Um, I feel like, you know, the Eagles just, the thing that pissed me off about the Eagles is as a Pats fan, the fact that we lost them in the Super Bowl and that was so clearly a fluke looking at them now. Um, but in, ter- in terms of Wentz, I'm wondering, like, I'm, I'm curious as to whether or not they, they could trade him. Cause I mean, obviously Hertz has, it's too early to make any judgments right now, but Hertz has looked pretty good. Um, yeah. He hasn't been anything like Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert, but granted, I mean, he's, he's on the Eagles, so it's hard to kind of tell. But he has looked pretty good, and it's, a, you know, like, 
will you trade Wentz? Will anybody take him with that contract? Will you have to eat a large portion of it in order to get rid of him? Because clearly um, the Wentz uh, experiment, I guess, really just isn't working in Philadelphia. I actually heard an article, heard about an article the other day, or maybe last week, that was talking about Carson Wentz and his confidence in Philadelphia is just completely shot because mm-hmm. they drafted Hurts. You know, the, the media is going after him like crazy. Uh, I think you really just... The city's kind of given up on him, and Philadelphia, as we all know, is is a pretty brutal sports city. Probably worse, worse in the in the uh, country. Uh, yeah. It's probably the worst place you can kind of underperform like that and everything. So, uh, despite how often they underperform, it's a pretty bad place to do it. So, I don't know. I think you got to go with Hertz, but I next know. season, I, I, I feel I feel for once there for sure. Yeah. Well, one thing is before you go, Anthony, like. That's another thing. You don't want Wentz coming here because the fact that, like I said, the same report, Pat, if that's the case, for one, he's not a franchise quarterback because franchise quarterbacks don't crush under pressure from the media of strong media cities. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're a franchise quarterback, like, you know, you name some of the big ones like Big Ben or Aaron Rodgers, you can play anywhere. It's not like yeah. you only have to play in a small market. So that's the case. That's a bit of that's a big hit on Wentz. And mm-hmm. two, um, like you said, I don't know how how easy it is to to eat money in the NFL. I know it is like the NBA. You can yeah, structure I was, shit. I wasn't but, sure about that either, you know? But if that's the case, I mean, they're going to... Th- I'm thinking they got to eat at least $20 million of that contract next year. Get it down to yeah. 15 mil because that's a huge leap for a lot of teams, especially if that team is in a bigger market where, you know, it, it, Wentz is still going to have that same pressure. And I don't know. I mean, if, if, that is, if that report's true, I don't want him on the Patriots and I don't think anyone should because New England's arguably the second biggest... <laughs> market behind philadelphia in terms of like criticism and and maybe he's even in front of philadelphia so mm-hmm. i don't know but i think we at least i mean i don't know how anthony feels about it but hurts for the rest of the season and then see where it goes in the offseason yeah i agree with you guys there just because of the fact that i don't know like i, I don't know what's washington right now six and seven five and seven six uh, uh six and seven i believe i think it's going to be really tough for a team like yeah six and seven the, the Eagles to get into the playoffs just because yeah. I don't know what the rest of their schedule looks like off the top of my head, but yeah, the other teams um, would have to lose out, I think, probably. Yeah, yeah they need so, some help. If you're gonna need that help, why would you rely on that? Why not? Hey, throw the kid in, might as well. Let's yeah. see what he can do in the last. Maybe he does get us to the playoffs, maybe we do get the help without realizing it, and he gets us to the playoffs. I mean, that's just luck at that point, but if he's playing well, then hell, I don't know what to do. Like, that's a really yeah. tough predicament that philly's in right now well mm-hmm. and the the one thing that people need to keep in mind is like we've seen how hurts is a is a run first qb obviously he's almost ran as many guys as he passed for he's not he's not a mahomes he's not someone who can run but will pass beforehand if you look at who we've seen make it to the playoffs in recent years lamar jackson's the first name that comes to mind and we saw what he did in the regular season and then saw what happened in the in the postseason I wonder if it's easier now to game plan against these running quarterbacks because that's kind of what the NFL is adapting into. Um, so I think people need to slow it down as in, you know, when they're talking about Hertz being this next next guy in Philly and he's going to be, you know, he's got that Lamar Jackson kind of movement and he's a, he's a running back type of quarterback. I mean, that hasn't worked yet. We haven't really seen that work. You know, maybe this year if Lamar can make it to the Super Bowl, we can be like, all right, well, you know, that game plan works. But I don't know. I think, I think the Eagles – would certainly like to see Wentz bounce back next season because I think he's more of a um, pass-first mobile QB 
which is what you you most mostly see get to the Super Bowl. Like guys like Jimmy G and Patrick Mahomes last year, both of them can run, but they're they're, they're pass first. And right. not only does run first come with injury, but it's just a lot easier to throw a spy up, you know, rush for and, and contain. And if they can't throw the ball down the field, you're going to win games. So that's what's happened to the Ravens this year. It's what happened in the past. So I don't know. Like you have to be able to only do damage with your legs kind of as a last resort. Like if people yeah. are expecting you to run, yeah. it can't work as much. But if you if you can throw a run in there when they defend well against the pass, then that makes you that much more valuable. And just looking at like who you, you look at this past Super Bowl winners, you've had mobile quarterbacks in the league since, you know, Mike Vick. I mean, you don't you see success in the regular season. Do you see it in the postseason? Not as much. And, no, and it's no. probably because teams have a lot of film to look look for. They know exactly what they're facing for, you know, at least a couple of weeks, maybe. So it's like, you know, you've got guys like Russell Wilson who can run, like we said, but they they can they can throw the ball. And guys right. like Lamar and Hurts you know, scare you a bit when it comes to um, like what you've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. Speaking of legs first, rushing, running first, what a freaking game on Monday night. Browns and the Ravens, 47 yeah. to 42. And this, I think, was the game of the year. I think it's pretty safe to say that it was. I fell asleep like right before halftime. I was really upset when I woke up and I saw how good of a game it was. Um, We saw the memes after Lamar had his Paul Pierce wheelchair game. And everyone's saying that the Ravens are back. And I think the Ravens really needed this win more than the Browns did. Just because I feel like the Browns still have a lot of height. And the fact that the Browns are finally forming into that team that we thought they were going to be last year. And I even wrote an article about it. The Browns are not frauds. They're legit. Even Mm -hmm. though they lost this game, they were, look what they did week one. If they did that again, I think they played Baltimore week one. It was like 38 to six or some crazy score like that. Baltimore blew them out of the water. That's all you got to know. Right. And the fact that Baltimore, uh, Baltimore, Cleveland Browns, same thing. Um, the fact that the Browns were able to mature and evolve throughout the entire year shows how far they've come as a football team and how Baker Mayfield has turned this team around. Um, much more competitive game. They still couldn't get it done. But I want to talk about the Ravens a little bit because I think this means a little bit more for them. I don't think the Browns are really going to do much more than the five seed. I think if they went out, uh, I think they play. Um, I'm not sure what the rest of their schedule looks like. I think they got – I'm going to stop Browns. talking. Yeah, I'm gonna stop talking. I don't even know. I'm just gonna keep got, going. I think they have the Jets, and they might have they have the Steelers. I know week 17. I know they got the, the they got the Giants this week. They got the Jets next yeah. week, and the Steelers to end it. So they should go yeah. two and one realistically, but yeah. realistically, yeah. But you just think you're thinking about it. You're sitting back on it, and th- I think this may this means a lot more for the Ravens, just because I think they're finally back. And I don't know if you guys think the same thing with Lamar's rushing ability. I think. Um, I think this, like, I like what you said there, Anthony. I think this was a much needed win for the Ravens and the Browns. You know, obviously, you'd love to win this game. It would help you gain traction in the playoff race. But the Ravens needed this much more because with this win, they're very much back in the thick of things in terms of the wild card race in the AFC. Um, <clears throat> the fact that you know they were able to come back from from deep, being down a bit and go through um, you know the the changing of quarterbacks several times uh, and. And the game, Lamar was able to get down there, put him on a game-winning drive for that field goal. Uh, they really just were able to make plays when it counted, and that's something that can kind of be translated into the playoffs. You know, this is a team that came up short in the playoffs last year, but I also think they're kind of a different team than they were last year. I think 
Um, obviously, they aren't as good, but this win kind of gives them the confidence they need. You know, Lamar does his best damage when he's rolling out of the pocket and he can find somebody down the field and kind of make plays um, by intimidating the defense with his legs. So if he kind of has the confidence to do that, though the Ravens don't have a great offense, they can make some plays and upset some teams with their defense as well. So um, this game, I think, will, will go a long way in terms of confidence for the Ravens. And for the Browns, I don't think they should be too worried. But uh, tough game to lose, but it, it was an amazing game to watch. I was watching, I was just yeah. floored. It was just crazy ending, crazy game. Yeah, I mean, I, don't even, I can't even take any negatives away on the Cleveland side. I mean, if you look, you could say maybe their defense at – I mean, the drives and a couple on the field of iffy passes from Mayfield on top of the drops in the beginning. But besides yeah, that, he, yeah, he had that pick, um, what midway through the third or late in the four, or uh, early in the fourth, something like that. Which which was it? It cost him a you know seven points, so it wasn't good. But um, I mean, I think in general you could say maybe their defense. A couple of the stops later in the game would have helped. Like there was a minute left and they were up by a couple points, and they let the Ravens literally drive fifty plus in like twenty seconds. So, I mean, that is something you could look at. But in general, I mean, Baker Mayfield played great. Nick Chubb played great. Kareem Hunt played great. All their playmakers on offense performed. And yep. so Hunt had slowed down a little bit the past couple of weeks. And to see him pick it back up, you know, shouldn't, you know, should scare a lot of teams because he's the, he's the best pass catching back probably in the league, close to it. Maybe McCaffrey is probably ahead of him. But, um, and Kamara. You know, he, yeah, and Kamara too. But he's, you know, top in the league somewhere around there. Um, you know, to see him you know, amassing, you know, 100 plus scrimmage yards along with Chubb is very welcoming, at least for Browns fans. And on on the flip side for the Ravens, you know, I think that the big thing with them all season was Lamar not being able to pass the ball well enough and to see him make some plays when it mattered. Obviously, he's still a run first kind of guy, but um, I think the one thing that scares me with them is is going into the playoffs, their defense still it looks a little bit suspect at times. And if they, if they're relying to, I think they're relying too much on their defense now, although they put up a lot of points on, on the Browns, you know, with this, with how slow Lamar has been this season, um, you can't expect him to go and score 25 points. And since that Ravens defense is kind of iffy at times, um, I don't know. It, it, I think if they match up with someone like the chiefs, they're in a lot of trouble. I don't think it's really going to be a competitive game. Maybe that's a hot take, but um, I agree. I think that, yeah, I, I just think that they're, they're, they rely too much on their defense, and when you see teams do that, especially with QB who's struggling, who's starting to pick it back up, but has struggled all season, um, I think they could be in some trouble. But it's it, this game was almost a win-win for both. Even though the Browns lost, yeah. it, it's a game where you look back and you're like, look, we just competed with you know, the arguably the best team in the AFC last year. And it's a very similar roster from last year. So it's not like you know there were some new team. Uh, and I think, the, like you guys said, the Browns are... You know, they're real. They're for real. They're a top team in the AFC now. And, mm-hmm. you know, who knows, maybe for years to come. It doesn't, you know, we don't know what their future holds. But the way Mayfield's playing right now, it's scary. It's like he, it's like how he played a couple of years ago. And at the end of the season, everyone was thinking, oh, here we go. And this is why we, they drafted him. But um, it'll be cool to watch them in the playoffs for the first time. AFC playoffs. It's coming down to the wire. And I wanted to set up the next segment to be who's going to snag that seven in the AFC. I think it's really going to come down to, um, these next three weeks wins and tiebreakers. And I think the Ravens are going to get that while we're on the topic of the Browns and the Ravens. Um, like we said, we, they needed this win really badly. Um, the Ravens, I think, who the, who's the seventh seed currently? The Dolphins, right? Dolphins, yeah. The Dolphins, are. The, I think they're going to slip. I honestly think the Dolphins will slip because they have New England, Vegas, and Buffalo. 
they're gonna at least they're gonna at least drop definitely to Buffalo in week seventeen. New England yeah. and Vegas, I hate to say it, New England obviously and, and Vegas, my Raiders too. Um, those are gonna probably be two wins at least. I'm saying two wins is the ceiling because I don't think they're gonna beat Buffalo. They're playing their best football right now. Ravens play the Jaguars, Giants, and Bengals, who were three <laughs> dope, of the dope, worst. Dope. It's a cakewalk. Yeah, those are three wins. Like there's like the the floor is three wins and the ceiling is three wins. It's like a Minecraft house. It's like that big. It's locked high. And Damn it's right. like what the like the Ravens are gonna get that spot, and I think they can even go up to the um, I think that with those three wins that puts them at eleven and five, they finish eleven and five in the year. I say the Colts slip down to the seven because the Colts schedule. I mean, they got Houston this week. I mean, and you never know. Houston could catch them. Games are always tough. Yeah. Yeah, And then you got, and then you got Pittsburgh the next week. I mean, that's a little up in the air. We're going to get back into Pittsburgh later. And then you play the Jaguars. I mean, that's a win obviously, but um, you, you think the Colts and the Ravens finish 11 and five, the Ravens have the tiebreaker over the Colts because they beat them 24 to 10 earlier in the year. So, it's a lot right now. I want to know who you guys think are going to get that seven spot. Pat. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. I, I like to think that it's a very Dolphins move to f- have this chance to get into the playoffs and fall out of it. So I got to go with the Ravens, either the Ravens or the Colts or, the you know, like the Titans, one of those. Um, one of those guys is going to end up there. And I think the Dolphins are going to fall out. I just... I don't think the Dolphins are really are really there yet. I think their offense is not very inspiring. Their defense is really good, but they're a team that I think next year we can look to and be like, okay, they're actually a serious threat. Baltimore, Indianapolis, um, these other teams kind of have veteran leadership, veteran experience. That the Dolphins, you know, they have that with Fitzpatrick. They have some veteran players, but I really don't think they have that that playoff pedigree yet, whereas the, as these other teams, these other organizations um, have been relatively successful over the past decade. So um, I'm going to pick the Ravens or one of those teams to get in there and for the Dolphins to fall out. I think the Ra- there's no reason the Ravens shouldn't go 3-0 and in these last few games. And yeah. you, say the, you say the Titans. You brought up the Titans somehow getting that 7. I don't think it's really possible that the Titans, realistically, you never know what can happen. Yeah, it would have to be really yeah. weird, I think. If the rest were. of the Titans' schedule is the Lions, Packers, and Texans. And I say if they were to drop one game, it would obviously be to the Packers. They'd still finish 11-5. and five. Yeah. And if the Ravens finish 11-5, and five, the Ravens are getting the 7 spot just because of the fact that they, Titans. the Titans beat them. They so, the Didn't they like, kick the shit out of them? They what, played? the Ravens and the Titans? Yeah. Did no, they that ever make that up? No. Oh, yeah, it did. You're right. It did go to overtime. Oh, okay. That was a good game. Another great game. Oh, and that was Derrick Henry ran it off, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course he did. Run, run Henry. Derrick, run, run Derrick. Run. Right? <laughs> that's one. <laughs> um, all right. I guess it's my turn. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you guys. I think the Ravens get in. Uh, it's not even like that. I think the Dolphins, like, I know Pat said, like, well, this is just like the Dolphins. That's how they, that's what they're going to do. It'd be very Miami like for them to slip up. But it's even like, you don't expect them to win. Uh, the, the Pats game is going to be tough just because, like we said, divisional is tough and it's Tua against Belichick. And statistically, he does great against rookies. Then you have the Raiders who, you know, there's a debate about who, which team is better in that, in that, uh, in that sense. I know Anthony would go with the Raiders, but uh, it, either team, the, Derek Carr has a chance to every week. You know, turn it on and throw for 300 plus. So I think that's going to be a tough matchup. And then you end it with the Bills, where you're not you're not expecting them to win that game unless the Bills have locked their seating up and maybe they sit Josh Allen. But 
these three games are tough for the Dolphins. They won out when they needed to. They won what? How many in a row? Six or seven in a row before yeah. losing to the Chiefs. Um, they beat like they beat the Rams. They beat the Cardinals. Um, they made it competitive with the Chiefs. So I think they're a good team. And it sucks that they probably won't get in just because of the mix of the Ravens having the easiest end of the season we've seen in a while. And um, the, the the Dolphins having one of the harder ends of the season we've seen in a while. So I think it's kind of a mix, a mix uh, of that. I think both teams are talented, but to me, um, I just don't, I don't, I can't see Tua went out winning out here. I, I don't see him beating the Patriots. And I don't see him beating the bills. I think he could compete against the Raiders, but you're talking about a rookie QB who hasn't amazed anyone in terms of passing. He, he did well last game, but uh, against two pretty pretty respectable defenses in New England and Buffalo, I can't see him, uh, you know, uh, you know, getting 20 plus against them. And I think I think the Pats and the Bills um, will we'll put on an offensive show this weekend in Week 17. Mm. But you it'll be ready? good. You guys ready for this next segment? I know everybody at home loves it. Here we go. We got another list this week. Um, we got uh, we I saw on Ride the Wave. Um, Tyler Piper put up a top five list of like he does it every week. He does his thing. Um, I'm gonna just say it was either good, bad, or indifferent. I really I'm not gonna say my true opinion on it. Um, yeah, it was it was terrible. I didn't agree with any of the list. Having Kenyon Drake in top five running back this doesn't happen. Come on, man. You're better than that, kid. Um, yeah, I'm really throwing shots out. All right. Uh, ride the wave, whatever. Um, do your thing, kid. Like, I really – doesn't affect me. Um, but I'm like, you know what? Let's make our own top five receivers list, and let's see if they can get any worse than that one. Wow, I'm really being – Now, these are – to clarify, these are just wide receivers, correct? Just wide receivers just wide based receivers. on this season. Yeah. So – Whoever wants to take it first, I don't know if Pat looks like he's really congested there. Do we want to go like five through one for everyone? Or do you want to go five around? I think five through one. Okay. Fuck. I gotta really. I'll uh, I'll I'll go ahead and take. I'm gonna get a list right now. I'll All right. I'll go off the dome. Um, off the dome again. I love it. I'm gonna go with one Devonte. Oh wait, no, we're going five. <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. Sorry. Um, fifth. This season, I'm going to go with Mr. DK Metcalf. Um, I agree. I agree. I'm just going to throw that out there so we don't go again. I appreciate that. Fourth, I'm going to go with DeAndre Hopkins. Mm. Okay. Third, I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill. Second, Stefan Diggs. And first, Devontae Adams. Mm. Interesting. And if you want reasoning, feel free to ask. (laughs) We'll get into that later. I, uh... Oof. This is tough. I think fifth is tough. I think I have the four through one pretty set. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a little bit different. I'm gonna go with five. I'm gonna put Calvin Ridley at five for me. He's 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 gotten over a thousand this season. He's gonna he's probably gonna get over ten ten touchdowns, double digit touchdowns, a thousand yard season. He, I think he's the future of the Falcons receiving core with Julio kind of on his way out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give him some respect. He's been really good in Pretty much every game he's been healthy for, he's been very good and like very reliable. So I'm gonna give him the fifth. Four, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go Diggs at four. He's really jumped up for me. I don't even think I had him in the top ten for beginning of the season. I think one of us. I did. think I had him around like eight. Yeah, I think Anthony put respect eight. on a lot of guys' names. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, I didn't have Diggs. I didn't even think I had him in uh, (laughs) in my like honorable mentions, but he's hopped up way way up there. He's top five now for me. Three, I got to go with Hop. He's I mean he's doing his thing. He's a little bit low on the touchdowns, but he's still getting yards with Murray and the fact the fact that Murray's able to um, hold up a thousand yard receiver is pretty surprising. The way he runs and how many yards he takes away, but. Um, pop at three. I'm going Tyreek at two. The man is a monster. I mean, 14 touchdowns is crazy. Uh, th- at this point in the season, he could, he, you know, it's not out of the question for him to go and get upwards of 18 in the last three games, maybe yeah. even 20. Who knows? And then uh, two, I mean, uh, that is two. One, without a doubt, Devonta Adams. I don't know how you can say he isn't one at this point. He missed, um, he missed, I don't know, three games, I think, earlier on in the season. And he's still tied for the leading league leading touchdowns, and would would be killing uh, Metcalf in the league lead in receiving yards if he had played in those games. And he's winning in all so many other statistical categories like yards per game, um, yards per catch, um, receptions. There's just so many categories leading in. He he's the reason why Rodgers is even in an MVP conversation, and vice versa. They're just like a great compliment to each other. So Adams by far one. He's in a different league than all the other ones. Yeah, I changed mine up a little bit as we were talking. So at number five, I agreed with Pat. I put Steph- um, uh, Stefan Diggs respectively at number four. And then I got Tyree Kill at three. I mean, I was really trashing on him in the beginning of the year. And I really got to tip my hat to him. All you guys were. <laughs> yeah, we all were. I think yeah. I Jordan like three, was the yeah. only one that really... They I really my, respect me. I had my I had MT at five, and that, that was where you guys were like, what the fuck? Now yeah, he's yeah that didn't go over very well. <laughs> that didn't go over very well. And then number two, I have DeAndre Hopkins. I looked at the stats. Number one's De- Devontae Adams, man. I had – and I, I think I had him in like six or seven on my <laughs> yeah, list going into the year. Did, yeah. That was pretty bad. I mean, to I, be fair, I put, though, I mean, he, he wasn't – he was not – consensus top three i would say at the beginning of the year you yeah. i think you had hopkins and you had julio and you could you could kind of throw in probably mt or someone in the three slot it was no like adams wasn't up there with hop he is now he's above hop in my opinion but it i, I think he, there there's there is a room for for him to be moved around at the beginning of the year of like in between that three and five slot yeah um but now i think like you're probably going to say he you know deserves that one I mean, he's yeah, gotten so much better every year. It's yeah. it's it's uh, crazy, sure. and especially the fact that he missed those games and he's still up there with DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. who is the, the next big thing in terms of wide receivers, and DK Metcalf, who is pretty much everyone saying the next Megatron, Calvin Johnson. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I like those lists. I can't really. I mean, I can see where the debate would come in, mm-hmm. but it's a respectful list that everyone can enjoy. One thing I want to put out there. Yeah, Sorry, guys. Um, the league leader in receiving yards is actually not a receiver right now. It's Travis Kelsey. Yeah. yeah. That's why I asked. The next guy by that just shows you what he is as a tight end. Yeah. yeah. That's at the, at the tight end position. He's so far and above everybody else. Uh, that's playing right. That's playing right now. I'm not okay. going to count. I'm not going to count Gronk because Gronk is in his prime right now. Um, I'm talking about George Kittle. Okay. Uh, we can have some, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair Kelsey enough. But he, Kittle, he's not playing did. like. He's injured right now. I mean, people. That's what are I thought you were referring right to. The numbers he's putting up is just like astronaut. Like no, like it's just stupid. It's stupid. Yeah. 
All right, here we are talking about top five wide receivers, and we're about to get into a tight end debate. That's new guys podcast for you. It's cr- um, jump back to the receivers quickly. It's crazy because if you look at so Adams sits at sixth on total yards. He's at eleven forty four. Taking Kelsey out of the equation, Metcalf is leading at eleven eighty. Everyone in between is within those two numbers, which is crazy. It's about forty yards. That is so crazy. you've got you've got like Adams eleven behind Hopkins. It's one catch. So it's like to rent, like I don't, I don't think yards is like as important. I think if you're eclipsing 1,100, 1,200 in a season, mm-hmm. and you've got double-digit touchdowns, you should be considered for the top five automatically. And that's I mean, pretty much everyone in here is either at already at double digits or is gonna, um, is going to get there. I mean, Diggs is the only odd man out. I think he's only got five, which is kind of surprising. But he's kind of surprising, yeah. He's he's got he's gonna be he may lead the lead in, uh, in yards. And he's totally leading receptions right now too. Yeah, so um, he's he's kind of like a. I think you could maybe keep him on the outside of the top five, but either way, he's he's made him and Adams. I think have made the biggest jumps this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I want to get back to Travis Kelsey because I still think it's crazy how he, of all people, a tight end, is leading the league in receiving yards. And I want to just because you said he's the best tight end, I have to disagree with you there. I still think George Kittle's. I mean, in terms of this year, yes, Travis Kelsey is better because he is playing. But if George Kittle were playing, he would be the best tight end just because. I, if I you look, think so too. Okay, number one, why Travis Kelsey has so many yards? Patrick Mahomes. I mean, obviously, and then number two, they're a passing offense. Like that's what they're based around. And number three, Patrick Mahomes. And then you look at. You look at a 49er offense, which is run-based. You have Jimmy Garoppolo, a quarterback. You're always running it down the throat of the defense with guys like Raheem, Must- Raheem Mustard. I almost called him Raheem Mustard. Oh, my God. Really? Raheem Mustard. That account is taking over. Shout-out to him, dude. I love his content. I think it's so simple and dumb yet hilarious at the same time. I still – Time out. I can't believe I did that. Oh, my God. All right. Raheem Mostert. There. There you go. Clip that. Clip that. Raheem Tevin Mostert. Coleman. Shut up, please. <laughs> you, have, you have those two guys. And Kelsey is – you guys are throwing me off. Kittle but is just here, so good. I'll give you a break for a second. Hold on. I think that's – it's a valid argument to be like, well, the 49ers are a run hockey offense. Kittle doesn't get as many opportunities as Kelsey. But in the same way you could say that – the offense of the Chiefs with Clyde Edwards, with Le'Veon Bell, with Tra- with um, Tyree Kill out there, Kelsey has to compete with all three of those guys because they're all pass catchers. So mm-hmm. there are some games where Clyde Edwards gets six receptions, and somewhere Tyree Kill gets four receptions, and somewhere Bell gets two. There's fifteen upwards of fifteen catches gone, and Kelsey will still lead the league in receptions among tight ends, and sometimes even lead among among all receiving. Uh, players, so like that, I think it can be used in both ways. The receiving core on the 49ers is not nowhere even close to the Chiefs. So Kittle gets most of the target share when they're passing it. Kelsey right. gets most of the target share on the Chiefs, but like there's a lot, there's a lot better you know options out there as well. Hmm. But I'm talking about in terms of tight end play. Kelsey isn't blocking all that often, and when he does, he gets blown up. Hmm. If you look at it, so if you look, well, okay. If you look at Kittle, he's in a, he's a fantastic blocker. He's like having another – like if you throw him at the fullback position and you have him um, blocking for the halfback, he'll, he'll be just as efficient, if not even more. And 
when he does get the opportunity to go down the field, I feel like he's a little more dominant. Like you see that, like when I think of George Kittle, I think of that play at the end of the Saints game last year yeah. on the sideline where he just ran over three players. Hello, I see Rob Gronkowski in that. And Gronk used that dominant ability to be the best tight end in the league for X amount of years, you know? And the fact that he's able to go up and get balls, be dominant down the field and block at the same time, I think that's the ultimate tight end. If me personally, if I'm like running a Madden franchise, I'm choosing George Kittle over Travis Kelsey every single time. I'm not ranking tight ends on their blocking ability. So you say stuff like Gronk made himself the best tight end in the world because he was a great blocker as well. I don't really rank tight ends that way. I mean, Kittle will never have a season like Kelsey's having this year. He no, came close to it. He came close to it in 2018 where he almost clipped 400 or 1,405 touchdowns. But Kelsey's going to uh, surpass 1,400 this year, um, most likely, and he's going to get double-digit touchdowns. So to me, when this – I had Kelsey over Kittle to begin with, but Kelsey is, is arguably the best – behind Adams, I would say he's arguably the best pass catcher in the league right now. The way his, – his after play, after catch ability to kind of channel his inner Gronk and just run away from guys and have them, you know, get dragged 10 plus yards. It's crazy. And I, I think this is, he's going to fall back next season because he's getting older, but this right here, I mean, I don't know how you can still say Kittle's better. I don't get it. it taking blocking out of the equation. Cause I don't think yeah, blocking should factor absolutely. in that much, but it should because that's what the tight end does. No, it, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the main, well, it's not the main, I mean, receivers block. Do we rate Nikhil Harry because he can block? No, not at all. He's just garbage at football. Yeah, football. exactly. He sucks. That's what that's what I mean. I think blocking factors into it, but it's not end all be all. Like neither is receiving. You got to factor in overall. It's a but, it's a factor of both, and I think Kelsey's Kelsey Kittle is the more complete tight end for that position. Oh, that's complete why. for sure. But that's I, why I rank him ahead of Kelsey because does, I feel does like he complete, is. Does complete mean better? No. Yes. Because no, would you say LeBron's better than Michael Jordan because he's more complete? <laughs> no, I wouldn't because he's not. Would you to make it a more of a football comparison? I would say we've we had this exact same argument. I'm pretty sure when we were ranking receivers, because it was the argument of who do you have over Hopkins or Hill, and it was all, and it was like or Michael Thomas or Hill. It's like well, MMT is the more complete, but Hill's the better receiver. I would agree with that. I think MT is more complete because he can. He's he's a slant guy. He's a drag yeah, guy. guy. He's, yeah, he's, a, he's a big slant guy. We should say. Slant man. But Hill Hill. I would rather have Hill on my team. That's why I don't think complete equates to better. In this, in this, in this argument specifically <laughs> for tight end. Yeah. You, I'm still on Raheem Mustard. Like that's that <laughs> situation is still running through my head. Please give me a break, Jordan. <laughs> I'm not. I don't even want to get into that right now. Um, but we're talking about. Because, like, if I were to run a football team, I would want a tight end that could block in the run game and go down the field. Because I know when I play freaking Madden, here we go with Madden again in my franchise team. I have Josh Jacobs and Gronk on my team. And when I'm running it, I'm running it to Gronk's side every single time just because he's such a good blocker. And when I'm throwing it, I'm throwing it over the middle to Gronk. And that is what Kel- that is what Kittle embodies to me. All and right, that's yeah. what I think Kittle makes him so Madden, great. Kelsey in real life. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> I think, but 
I'm just saying that in like in terms of for sake of the argument, even in real life, I would want just I'm just, I was just using my Madden team as an example. If you catch my drift. No, no, I I was playing around. Yeah, I got you. Well, I mean, even that, I'm not gonna say I'm not saying you're wrong, and that you'd rather have Kittle on your team for for blocking purposes. I'm not disagreeing with that. But even even that to say like there's a lot. I think there's comparisons in the NBA where you'd be like, well, would you rather have um, this player on your team or this player? One may be better than the other, but you'd rather have the other one to complement your team. So I don't necessarily think even what Pat said with LeBron. In, in MJ, who's the more complete player? Well, LeBron is. I mean, he, Lebr- LeBron's a great defender. He can shoot the three. He 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 can. He's a better, he, arguably a better finisher. He's a better passer. passer. It's like, yep. but who's better? I think everyone. I mean, everyone with a brain would say MJ. <laughs> so it's like Jordan's that's, that's where out, like gets, half the population of yeah, NBA fans under eighteen. So it's like I don't know. There, there's a little bit of like discrepancy there, where it's like I don't think the most complete equates to the to the best, but. That's it's still it's an ongoing debate. Yeah, and it always will be. I don't think yeah. that debate's gonna going away anytime soon. So yeah, I I still think it's funny. Typical new guys pod for a receivers <laughs> list to turn into a tight end debate. Um, <laughs> let us know what you want to hear next week. Uh, I don't care. I'll rank anything. I'll rank food. Whatever you guys want to hear. Save the Pats fans top ten cereals. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good downfall. Where did that list go? <laughs> They're popping off every week. Yeah, they were. Um, let's get into some more Week 14 talk. Um, Steelers and the Bills, a uh, big win for the Bills this past week. Um, what was the score? I'm forgetting off 26 the top of my head. 26-15. And I was listening to Colin Coward on Monday, and he sa- he was just speaking the truth about this game. The Steelers are frauds. I think we've all known that. I've been saying that. Um, I've been arguing with Steelers fans in the in comment sections since the beginning of the season, or I'd say midway through. Um, this game on Sunday night was the equivalent to our game, not ours, the Patriots game last year against the Ravens on Sunday night, where everybody realized they were frauds. They dropped their first game of the year, and it was just bound to catch up to them, in my opinion. And the fact that they've been – really not been playing some great football teams. And when they do, they barely squeak it out. They did not look good at all against Buffalo. And you could argue that, oh, they were bound for a bad game. No one really is ever going to go undefeated throughout a season. But the fact that people actually believed this team was going to go undefeated just was just mind-boggling to me. So I want to hear your thoughts on on this game in particular and both the Steelers and the Bills going forward. I mean, I've been like a pretty big supporter, not supporter of the Steelers, but I've been like pretty in the beginning. I was like, pro these Steelers. guys are going to be good. Yeah, pro Steelers. I'm not I'm not one to hate, even though I don't like them, like I don't want them to win. I've always been like, look, they're a good team. I still think that even after this loss, I mean, the two in a row like hurts because they, they, they went from like, the, oh, can they go undefeated to now? Like, all right, can they now keep the one seed? Like, probably not. Like, they're probably not going to get the one seed now. So it, it's like a real, like a fall from grace. But if you look at their offense still, I mean, Connor getting back healthy after his COVID diagnosis, hopefully soon. I know he played last week, but he did. He rushed for like nine times. He, I don't think yeah. he's been fully healthy. You you still have Juju, Deontay Johnson. for 18 yards. Just let that set in. Yeah. So not a horrible night. You still got Deontay and Juju and Claypool as your main guys. You still got Ebron as a co- component of that offense. The defense is still 
arguably the best in the league. I could you you might even I mean I guess you can't say it after this week because the Bills kind of diced it up, but um, it's them or the Saints for me. And in in that mix, I think once we've talked about it before, good defenses, you know, win Super Bowls. I mean, I think that aside from like maybe the last year with the Chiefs where the defense wasn't that good, if you look back, I mean. The teams that made it, that get that came close, you know, the seat, the 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 Legion of Boom. Um, you had the Patriots defense uh, a couple of years ago against the Rams, where that defensive battle that happened. Uh-huh. I mean, you have constantly teams that are, you know, the Steelers defense from ten years ago with Paul Malo and all them that they made it there. So it's like you look at that and you think, Roethlisberger's been serviceable, the offense has been serviceable, more than serviceable. The defense has been elite. You know, why all of a sudden is this flipping to like they suck? I mean, I don't think they're overrated at all. It's Big Ben in the playoffs. He's used to it. He's got a lot of weapons, and the defense is playing at an elite level. I mean, that that's there's not many teams. The Chiefs are the only team I think that can that that will be able to beat them in the playoffs. Although the Bills just did. I think Tomlin games game plans for them uh, when it happens, and Connor Connor comes back a little bit healthier, and I still I still have the Steelers in the AFC Championship. Yeah, I think. Um... You know, like you said, Jordan, the two losses does hurt as as a team that's trying to solidify themselves as legit um, and like a true contender. Two losses in a row is not a great look, but there have been teams in the past that have gone through similar things and gone on to actually have some success. So uh, I think it says a lot about the Bills in this game more than the like the Steelers. You know, their offense really isn't great, but um, the Bills defense, I think, has really stepped up in recent weeks, too. And, um, you know, once you get to the playoffs... I I wouldn't want to play the Steelers. Like you could say all you want about them, but you do not want to play them in the playoffs. You know, this is a team where their defense is amazing. It's top two in the league probably. Um, And defense makes a big impact in the playoffs. Playoff ball is always a little different. Uh, You know, the cold weather, everything like that. Uh, So I really just think that the Steelers are just kind of having a rough patch. Tomlin can definitely figure something out. Uh, He's a good coach. He, Kind of lost right now. <laughs> He's a good coach, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not really too worried about the Steelers just because I don't know. I feel like I feel like they've done better in past years with like a worse roster. So I feel like they have all the tools, and if they can just put it together, um, they'll definitely be able to contend for the AFC Championship game. Like at least appearing there. Um, yeah. I don't know if they'll be the Chiefs, but I, I wouldn't write them off just yet, just because they've had a bad streak. I mean. A lot of teams go through stuff like that. Like the Patriots won the Super Bowl one year and they started two and two. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's yeah. it's a little, a little early to be writing anybody off. If they if they go on a real skid, then I'd be worried. But they're still um, top five team in football. Mm-hmm. Definitely not saying the Steelers suck. And I'm definitely not saying that I'm writing them off. But Buffalo is playing their best football in December. And that's only going to steamroll into January. And I think you, I think Buffalo is a team that you don't. I think Buffalo and Cleveland are the two teams that you don't want to see. I mean, obviously, besides the Chiefs, no one wants to see the Chiefs. Period on their schedule, but you don't want to see Buffalo or Cleveland, just because I think Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs is one of the most dangerous quarterback wide receiver duos. I mean, Allen had 238 yards. 130 of those yards went to Stephon Diggs on 10 catches. And that's just absolutely crazy that they've only been playing together for what? I don't think any of them have missed time. So what? What are the 13 weeks? 13 games? 13 weeks, yeah. They play yeah. together? How often does that happen? Yeah, that a no quarterback and a wide receiver 
d- yeah. develop chemistry that early. Yeah. And I mean, if you want to point to something for this Pittsburgh loss, I think it's you got to point to the defense. I mean, obviously because oh they put up because Buffalo put up twenty six to the Steelers put up fifteen. Yeah, whatever. Obviously, that's the case. But they only sacked Josh Allen twice. Oh no, once. Not even. Yeah, once. And if you can't get pressure on a guy like him who is comfortable in the pocket, a big, tall, strong guy in the pocket with Stephon Diggs going down the field, because I don't think the I don't think the Steelers have anybody to match up well against Stephon Diggs in the cornerback slot. Maybe Minka Fitzpatrick. I don't I really don't watch him all that often. I don't know how he is in coverage. I don't know what his coverage stats look like this year, but maybe he can maybe he yeah. can lock him down over the middle, down the field. I don't know. But Looking at it on paper, the Steelers don't have anybody that can match up. And if you're not getting on any pressure on Allen, he is going to throw that ball down the field to Stefan Diggs nine out of ten times. So definitely um, not writing Pittsburgh off, but there, there's still time to improve. They got Cincinnati on Monday night for some reason next week. So we'll see how they play. Um I want to jump – if you guys don't have anything more to say on that game, I want to jump into the Chiefs and the Dolphins. I think this was the most – one of the most interesting games this past week. Uh, Mahomes going down 10. I think this – I think he did that on purpose, quite honestly. I know people were joking about it. Um, maybe a warm-up for the playoffs. They get the win 33-27. to 27. Um, Mahomes statistically, I think, had his worst game, as crazy as that sounds. 393 yards with two touchdowns and three picks. Uh and then the 30-yard sack is even more yikes. Not worried about the Chiefs. Yeah, no. I mean, it was actually a pretty good game. We were obviously rooting for the Chiefs until – because at that point we were like, we just need some losses from certain teams. But, um, I mean, I think it's it was impressive for Tua to kind of stay with them at, at points. At the beginning of that game, you kind of thought, well, maybe maybe the Dolphins can steal this one. Maybe this is where the Chiefs have a bad day. And then you realize the Chiefs don't have bad days. and. Mahomes came back and, you know, did his thing. They only but, had bad uh, days against Derek Carr, baby. <laughs> Still wins those games, though. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think it's uh, I don't I don't know I don't think you, I don't really think you can think much of this game. The Dolphins, you can kind of look at it as like, look, they competed, but at this point, it's not really a matter of like, can the Dolphins compete? It's like they need to win. You see, right. you saw them go on that six game winning streak or something like that. They beat good teams. So it's not like they can't win against the top guys. Um, and at this point, like I said, they just need to win. So you can't be, take, you can't take positives away from this game for the dolphins. I don't think they had an opportunity to kind of expand their lead at the beginning with Mahomes like just throwing pick after pick and they didn't. So, um, but for the chiefs, I mean, it's more of the same. They escaped this game. I think it's more so that they realize that they're not invincible, that the, there's teams that can beat them in this league. And, you know, going into the playoffs, it's something they need to fix. But it's almost, almost kind of like a wake-up call for them to, to end the season on, like, a four-game, like, just blowout streak of just, you know, hitting teams up and just, you know, running through them. Uh, maybe isn't the best thing for them. So maybe this, this game will do, you know, a little bit more good for them to, like, a splash of cold water in their face before the playoffs. But, like you said, not worried about the Chiefs. I mean, it's, it's Patrick Mahomes, and they're going to they're gonna probably be in the Super Bowl this year. So. Yeah, um, I got to agree there, but I'm going to disagree on the point that you think the Dolphins shouldn't take anything positive away. I think that, you know, I mean, this is the Chiefs we're talking about. I think any time you can even come close to beating them, as close as the Dolphins were, um, you have to take a positive away from that. This is a young team that last year, uh, you know, 
wasn't great. And now the fact you're competing with this reigning Super Bowl champions, I think, is always always positive. But I also get what you're saying when you're not able to capitalize on um, some turnovers. And as for the Chiefs, yeah, I think it just showed that they're they're human. Uh, there are teams that can beat them. There are teams that are able to kind of figure them out a little bit. Uh, but you know, Mahomes throwing three picks, I think that's probably more than he's thrown. Uh, in the rest of the season, like maybe maybe twice as much as he's thrown in the rest of the regular season. So I think it's just, you know, one of those games for the Chiefs where, where they look human, but they end up winning anyway. So in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. They can really win whatever game they want to, it seems like at this point. Uh, yeah, the Dolphins could have really used that game. The Steelers, I'm sure, were hoping that the Chiefs would lose that one. But uh, end of the day... Nothing really unexpected. Chiefs won, and uh, life goes on. Yeah, I think Pat really summed it up there. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. Yeah. Like they're gonna do do whatever the hell they want to you. They can go down twenty, and they can still win a game. They they'll go down twenty for fun. And I think this was just a warm up, like a preview of what we're gonna see Mahomes do in the playoffs. So, if like you're he did last year, hey, literally, that's that's what I'm literally drawing back to. Um, if your favorite team is playing the Chiefs and you're up by double digits at any point, no matter what the point in the quarter, don't don't celebrate until that clock hits triple zero. Yeah. Literally don't. Because we saw this is another perfect example. You cannot beat the Chiefs for four quarters. Mm-hmm. There is no possible way. No team can do it. And we almost, and I think the best example is the Super Bowl last year. The Niners beat them for three quarters. They were up 20 to 10 in the fourth quarter. And then that offense just clicked and clicked and clicked. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to take anything out of this game, like Pat said, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Um, I really don't want to talk about the Pats all that much just because it just brings misery and pain, even though it brought me pride and joy. Spain without the S. Pretty much sums up this game. Um, 24 to 3 loss on Thursday of what we can go. Uh, to the Los Angeles Rams, and I think this was the worst performance we've seen um, of the Patriots this year. Cam, what the hell, man? Nine for 16, 119 yards, and a pick six. Not even just a pick, a pick six. It was a terrible pick six, too. It was awful. Yeah. It was – I'll say this, though. That if this, you see the replay, it kind of looked like Harris got grabbed a little bit at the yeah. line. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it wasn't as bad as it was, but still. It was like uh, – it was just yeah, the time should, and everything. It was just like, oh. Fuck. Yeah. Know? It honestly, you know, it, it oddly reminded me of like, not to the extent of, but like when Brady threw that pick to God, who was it? against the Falcons in the Super Bowl, where it was like, Robert, we, Robert were getting, yeah, we were getting pieced up. And then he throws that pick in the house, and you're like, fuck, it's over. That was yeah. kind of how it felt. It was like the season. Because it was like, oh, well, fuck, we were, we're not going to win this game now. But yeah, it was a bad play. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't even have much to say about the game, like in the season. I mean, it's, is there a way for us to get in? Yes. Are we going to get in? No. I mean, it's you almost you almost like want to just play spoiler at this point. If you can beat the Dolphins, they spoiled it for us two years in a row, or tried to at least one of the one of those years and didn't. So I mean, it's it's sad, but like you can't. No one can say that they expected us to be in the playoffs this year. It was kind of a happy surprise at the beginning of the year, where Newton like kind of looked like oh maybe like maybe he can actually you know channel that inner 2015 Newton and, you know, come back and ball That's out. That's what but, I wanted. That's what I asked for Christmas this year. And <laughs> but, you know. Clearly didn't happen. Not... Santa Claus didn't come through. But yeah. if there's one thing we can take out of this game, the Rams defense does look as dominant as ever. They've been able to sack the quarterback six times. I don't yeah. know how many Aaron Donald had, but 
still, that's one hell of a game. They had six sacks and a pick, only allowed three points. So, I mean, as, as awful as New England's offense is, they're definitely towards the bottom of the league. You can't take it away from the – it's still an NFL team, like we say. Um, the Rams were still able to do that, and I think that's extremely impressive, especially against a Bill Belichick-led team. Mm. I yeah. think this game says a lot about the Rams. I think a lot of people like Pats fans were underrating them going into this game. Like, I think the Rams are probably a top five team with how they played. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think this they just know how to game plan for for other teams. Sean McVay has been brilliant this year. Their defense is is lights out. Uh, I think I don't know why people were really expecting us to win this game. Like, I was hoping we were going to win it, but yeah, you know, a defense like that. And an offense like ours is not a good combination for us. So I think it was more so you're you're hoping to catch golf on a bad day because he has some of those right. games where, especially at home, it's kind of weird. If you look at his away record, how he's played in his home record, his away record's like miles better. So yeah. it's kind of it's kind of the flip of like what you'd expect. But maybe like you catch him on a bad day. Newton can you catch Newton on a good day, and right. like you can kind of mix that two together. It doesn't happen, it doesn't perfect, happen Jordan. I hate to break it to you, Cam Newton, good day. No. Oh, it ha- it happens. It happens. You can't say it doesn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't but happen they don't win. But they well, don't I mean, win. We won early with 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 Newton. I would say. I mean, I mean, this... he threw for nearly four hundred yards against the Seahawks, and he lost. Well, he didn't lose. The defense lost. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I I'm just saying. I think like there are there were games where you're like you were like all right, like Newton playing decently on that Chargers game helped to win us the game against the Dol- Dolphins to start the season. You know his first game back in years. I mean, he played well that game. So I think there's games where he's played well. Overall, no, he's not had a good season whatsoever. Right. But one thing I wanted to say, and I mentioned this in the chat last night, it's weird to me that last year, most of us, when when confronted by anyone uh, of the opposing team, um, when they were saying Brady's wash, blah, 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 it was always, he doesn't have any weapons. He doesn't have anything to throw to. What do you want him to do? The same weapons come through this year, minus Sanu, Minus Edelman for most of the season, okay? You don't bring really anyone else in. And people are blaming Newton now for not playing well. But last year it was Brady. So that's why I don't get it. And it's, I know there's a huge gap for skill. It's not even close, all right? But to blame Brady, or to blame Newton this year for, for not playing well with, with a worse receiving core than Brady had last year, but when Brady plays bad, it's on the receiving core, it doesn't make any sense. Because it was always the rookie receiver's are just missing their routes and they, they don't know how to play with Brady. That's what it was. But, but for, for Newton though, he comes in as a new quarterback and all of a sudden it's all on him and it's not right. on the rookies. That's the difference. It's because it's Brady. It's not because it was Brady didn't play well last season. You know, he was one of the reasons why we didn't make it any further than we did, but no one will admit that when we had him on the team. I won't admit that. I still won't admit that. I don't, I don't, I mean, I got my Brady boner. I don't care. He didn't play. He didn't play up to par last season. I don't think any, I don't think you, you would disagree with that. People expected more yeah. from him last year. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll Absolutely. I'll agree with you there. Yeah, I'll say, like, you know, people gave Brady a pass last year because of all the bad weapons, and Cam Newton's nowhere close to being as good as Tom Brady is, and Cam Newton has worse weapons. So what can you really reasonably expect from him? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, New England has a lot to figure out this offseason. I think number yeah. one, bring receivers in. If you're thinking like Jordan is, Hell, run Cam back again, but I know that won't be popular in the New England area. Um, I'm done talking about this team. I think they have less than a two percent chance to make the playoffs, which is just last really. Point, last point on on Newton. The only I would only say run him back if there isn't a significantly better option out there. 
if you don't have like if you're not going to trade up for a Justin Fields or you're not going to take a I don't know uh I don't even know Mac Jones like there's been discussion about him but I don't even say he would be someone I would take over a camp if there's not a significantly better quarterback out there for you to kind of kind of start the transition with just run it back with Newton and take a QB in the second round hopefully he turns out to be something I don't get what the argument is of like don't run it back with Cam what are you gonna run it back with Stidham he's not gonna get you into the playoffs and he's not the future of the team so it's a lose-lose there if you want to make the argument to run it back or to to draft a QB in the first round or in the second round and just play with him and see what he can do that's fine but if you want to compete you're running it back with Newton you're not running it with Stidham I don't Mm. get the argument and I want you you talk about not running it back unless there's a significantly significantly better option. All contracts aside, I'm not all bets aside. All contracts aside, <laughs> who would you run it back with, Newton, or would you take Wentz in? I would Wentz. take Wentz in. Okay, Wentz so you think Wentz is significantly better than? I don't think he's significantly better. I, by better option, more I mean, upside. I think more. Yeah, more upside in in terms of skill too. Wentz, like he still had, like we said last year, he he had some great plays. He's last a better year. passer than than Newton ever yeah. was, I think. Yes, and yeah. you and you were looking for someone who's still on the younger side, who has shown upside before. Right. You know, that's a perfect example, especially with like you said, contracts aside. And and we I think we all agree on this. If he was getting paid fifteen mil next year, you you take right, a shot, man, absolutely, without a doubt. But I mean, it's not. I don't think it's going to happen because of how much he's getting paid. Unless there's like Pat was saying, some way you could like maneuver around contracts or get them to eat like 15 million of it, then you could try it out. But even then, it's tough. It's really tough to take a shot on someone who's getting paid that much. Yeah, that's the only thing that sucks about Wentz because I'm all yeah. in for bringing him in. Yeah. So unless anybody has some sort of closing thoughts on anything, literally anything. Speak, speak now or forever hold your peace until next week I, I said this a few weeks ago um, actually a few months ago probably I think it was right after his injury uh, I don't know if I don't think Dak's re-signed yet I don't know what contract situation is going on there I don't know what discussions are going on but would you guys be willing to offer him a contract and take him in Dak? yeah yeah. I would too I, but, I'd max him. Stone Cold Steve Austin said once said, hell yeah. <laughs> Thing Only is, though, once. you need you need weapons if you're going to do anything like that. Yeah. See, like, he, the the move there would be like, I think, I don't know what the deal is with Hightower and all them, but you may have more cap than even They're pretty much done. Oh, yes. Yeah. Spike, Spike said that done. he was in that. According to Babs, they are right. pretty much done. I think he, um, he was speaking to David Andrews, right? I don't even know if we were supposed to be saying these things, but hell. We're doing oh, it. <laughs> I mean, he, put, he posted on his Instagram a few, a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, he said it a while ago, like weeks ago. He said hi. So if that's true, if Hightower and Cannon are both out, I don't know how much they get paid, but it's probably another 20-ish mil freed up. Yeah. So it's like, if you can get like a Dak, like an Allen Robinson. Julio? Or Julio. Want, yeah, A-Rob, yeah. Yeah, anyone. I mean. I would buy both some, of those jerseys full price. Get some compliments on the defense to help out a little bit. I mean, the secondary is still solid next year. I don't think anyone's leaving. At least from the secondary. I think they still have at least another year. Unless they trade Gilmore. I mean, if you trade Gilmore, I would trade Gilmore for some help down low in the front seven. A couple couple of younger guys down low. Maybe with some potential. I would do that. Because you have your secondary set with JC as the number one. I'm fine with having him as the number one. But Mm -hmm. your front seven's where you struggle 
pretty considerably. You could yeah. spread the love out a little bit. Might work. Yeah, yeah. I like that move. Yep. Even because, I don't know, because I feel like if Stefan Gilmore plays one more year in New England, his value will go down significantly. And I think that, hell, why not tr- capitalize on it now while J.C. Jackson is still young and on the up-and-coming? And yeah. he could be the next Gilmore. He could be the next Revis, as crazy as that is to say. He had a good year back in 2014. And Gilmore is still widely regarded as the best corner in the league. I don't know oh, if he is this is. year. I still believe he is. He's been he's been really good this year, like on on the down low. Yeah, yeah, he 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 has. That's that's my point. He hasn't been what he was last year, but people still usually when when players like Gilmore have an outstanding year like last year and they don't perform. Next year, as, as like to that high of a standard, people yeah. are like, oh, pff, they suck. But he's still, you know, at the top of that class. So if you can find a team that would take him and maybe has like two younger guys down low in the front seven, maybe a D tack on a linebacker, I mean, it'd be tough not to take that deal, especially with how yeah. strong the secondary is. So, yeah, yeah. that's it. And I guess, we'll, I guess we'll be back next week. No, we definitely will be back definitely next week. We'll be back. Hope so. um, Unless you guys have something I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we are all exhausted, but hey, we love bringing you guys um, some hilarious debates and great sports content. And we thank you all for tuning in, listening every week. Um, it's been real, guys. Um, Graham is not dead, by the way, still, in case anybody was worried about him. Uh, sounds, like we're, sounds, start, like we're cover, sounds like we're yeah, trying to cover start, up a murder. Starting to become <laughs> kind of sus. Guys, that's where, that's where Graham's not dead, all right? Uh, we're going to. We'll put in, we'll put Graham on a FaceTime call next week just for everybody. We'll have him <laughs> we'll have him jump in real quick just to just yeah, to clear up fun. the air. Yeah. Um, thank you guys. We love all you guys. Um, we will see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.